This is the WTRE Podcast with your hosts, Realtors, Aaron and Melody. Welcome to Real Estate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Estate. This is Aaron. And today on the podcast, I am joined once again by Jean Morenci. Jean is a real estate trainer and personal development coach with uh, Perry Homes. He uh, works with sales uh, agents in new homes. And uh, Jean and I are also joined today by Steve Montgomery, who is a fellow realtor here in the Houston area and a good friend. And uh, today we just kind of started chatting a little bit. Uh, we started out talking a little bit about appraisals and appraisers and uh, some of the the pitfalls, some of the things that happen, and um, kind of work our way into a conversation about negotiation and uh, communication and uh, some of the things that, uh, communications that I was kind of uh, scared to have when I started out as an agent and conversations that I wasn't sure that I was able to have when I started out as an agent and uh, some of the things that we do now. So hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, so we started talking a little bit um, about appraisals a few minutes ago, and um, I got a phone call from an appraiser this morning, and uh, they're trying to get into a house, so that's why I'm I'm holding my phone, trying to get in touch with my client to see if we can get them in that house. But uh, Steve asked me, you know, do you think it's going to appraise? And quite honestly, no, I, I don't think so. And it, it's crazy because I think that we, I felt from the beginning that we kind of listed it a little bit too high. Um, it was the client's decision to come up with that number. I would have listed it at a, what I think was, you know, a much more reasonable number, which fell right in line with the comps. And, you know, I, I just didn't expect it to, uh, you know, to go the way that it did. But we listed it on, you know, I think a Wednesday. We did an open house on that Sunday at the open house. A realtor with their client presented an offer. And um, ultimately, we ended up getting a full offer, nice. uh, which is awesome. But it's, uh, you know, much higher than, you know, any of the comps show. Yeah. And the, uh, the fear there, obviously, is, is it going to appraise? And uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, a, a lot of realtors are in the same situation that you are, Aaron. They, they, um, They'll do. They'll they'll market a house even if it's a little bit high. Of course, we're not supposed to list it too high, right? It's in our code of ethics that, right. that do unto others, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, so, if you find yourself with one that's a little high and you think it's a little high, what you can do is a lot of people just turn it over to the appraiser and say, and and then they pray for the best. Yeah. <laughs> I I prefer to be a little more proactive yeah. in that respect. So I'll run comps again that may be a little on the high side. I'll print that list off. Um, and if it's still a little high, it just is what it is. But then I'll also um, list the items, the improvements that the home was made. Right. The, the, the things that separate it from some of the others. Um, also, I'll say, like in your situation, I listed it on date X. We had this many people come through. I got an offer on this date. I mean, and that time frame was very, very short, which shows that um, somebody saw value in that. Right. And it was a full offer. And it was a, and full, it was a full offer. offer. Right. Exactly. 
So, so someone's willing to pay for so, it. So the appraiser doesn't know the, those details. Right. So whatever you can do in that situation to help your case, yeah. to me, to me it does. Yeah, just so, have it printed out and brought over. Yeah, just, just a little paragraph. Some people will write two pages. Yeah. I would never do that. Uh, an appraiser is just like... You yeah, know, not going to most of the time. Yeah. I was going to say it so, must have been a C person on yeah. two pages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, I'm not writing two pages. You know, right. or, or they're not. Right. Or I, I, you know, exactly. like, oh. So it's got this. It's got that. Yeah, right. it's so wonderful. <laughs> right. yeah. So one of the I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say. So so that's the important thing is not to give too much detail, but bullet point. This is right. what's going on. Keep it in a paragraph and no more. And then put it in an envelope. Write to appraiser. Hand it to them. Yeah. You know, or leave if if. In some cases, they don't want to meet you at all, and right. I've seen that situation. Right. I'll leave it on an envelope and tell them, listen, I left an envelope, you know, just to help you along the way. Yeah. Because an appraiser doesn't want to um, cause problems either. They are held with, um, they have an integrity about them, and they need to make sure that things are done properly. But the last thing they want is to have something come in and, and, and yeah. be contested. Yeah. So... So I actually want to take a step back. Let's let's talk about the the seller for for one moment. So when um, Aaron, you mentioned that you know they're the ones who kind of picked the price, and um, you know you felt that it was kind of high from from the beginning. You know, even though I'm on the builder side, we have issues where or 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 times where things. You know, I always like to ask this question: How did you come up with that? You, right. You you, you know. Right. Um, I think that's a great question for realtors to ask um, their clients. Whether you're whether you're representing the buyer or the seller, you should always ask them how did they come up with this, whatever it is that that they said. And and, and the reason why is sometimes people give value to something that that there isn't that great of a, of a value. Let me let me give you uh, an example. In the builder world, when you go to the design center, you pick your granite countertops. Right. And it can be a level one, two, three, four, five, you know, depending on on your on the on the builder that that you're with. Obviously, a level four is going to cost a lot more than the level one. When the appraiser comes out, it's not level four granite. It's granite. Right. He, the appraiser doesn't really it doesn't come into the fact that you paid five thousand dollars more than you would because it's it's rock. It's right. granite. And, right. and people need to understand that. So this particular case, when we got down to that, it's all about the pool. <laughs> it's it's honestly they overvalued that that pool, and and I understand it because of their particular situation where they need to sell, they need to get out, they're moving new jobs, they're moving you know out of state, they're taking off. They still owe fifty five thousand dollars on a sixty thousand dollar pool. Whoa, and I get it. They need to kind of get the money out of the pool and no matter how many times i told them i hope you enjoyed your pool because it's for your enjoyment and not for resale value exactly and you know the situation that they ended up in though they need to break even at least they need to get out of that house yeah. had it not been for the pool you know they've only they've been in the house for about five years had it not been for the pool had we listed it competitively where i would have listed it this is all without the pool you know, they would have been sitting with $50,000 in equity. Does everybody in the uh, neighborhood have a pool? No. 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 
so it may give value. It may, may give value. Maybe not 55000 value. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But, you know, we're not looking for that. We didn't list it that high. Yeah. Um, you know, because they did have so much equity, they could, you know, almost be flush. Sure. And, and pay off that pool and walk, you know, just basically just walk away from it. In my opinion, they're walking away from that huge amount of equity, but it paid off their pool loan, mm. you know. But um, we're not that far off. I just thought they went a little high. Yeah. You know, they went a little bit high. Well, and you, and you were fortunate because apparently you've got a buyer now. We do. That a pool was important to them. That Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, the things that sold that house, and, and this is something for for new uh, new agents that may get that first couple of listings and be all excited, but then also trying to save money. Yeah. What sold that house was the photography. Yes. And it is, you know, no matter what, just spend the money. Yeah. Get a great photographer out there <laughs> because the photographs sold that house. Yeah. I had so much interest in that house. The, the week that we listed it, that neighborhood has been pretty flat lately. And, um, you know, the picture sold the house. Yeah. That's the exact same advice that Steve gave me when I was trying to sell my home. I went out and took awesome, great pictures, put them online. I mean, the home, just like my home, sold in seven days. So I was going to be, it was a done deal. Right. You know, and, and a week later, not a single offer. So I sent out an email to Steve and I said, all right, t- take a look at this and tell me what, <laughs> tell me. And his first comment was, so who took your pictures? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, that, that's a great point. You know, I want to. Uh, you mentioned you, you mentioned uh, buyers agents and um, and and appraisals. So let's uh, shift over to new home sales because obviously appraisals are very important sure. there also. Um, you, you know, depending on the builder that you're working with, um, sometimes they're not very good at at hitting. Their sales price, some th- and 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 it's because the they're giving too much value for for the home, especially in a new neighborhood. So, you know, as a as an agent, you want to study and look what the other homes in that neighborhood, even though it's a new new neighborhood, what have they sold for? Um, one of the things that we do at my company is when the realtor's coming out, exactly what what Steve was saying, we have the CMAs of our own homes that have sold in that neighborhood in that particular time. And that's very important because a lot of, a lot of appraisers, they're just looking at, at, at homes in that neighborhood. They don't know the difference between one builder and another builder. So a good builder is going to have a good sales professional is going to have, uh, is going to know what the other homes in their section have sold for and can justify the price. Um, we, we rarely, rarely, rarely ever miss our sales prices um, because of that, because we, we do the homework before the client and we have it there to present, um, we have it there to present to the client and to the, to the appraiser when, when they come in. So it's really important, um, that when, when you're representing a client and you're going into a new neighborhood, make sure you're working with the builder who is hitting their appraised numbers. That's a very good point. Yes. Um, I've seen situations, John, where um, a client will come in to a new home construction. Unfortunately, I've been—I uh, was very fortunate working with you, and you are do a great, great job of making sure that um, 
they think about an appraisal. Right. Right? So um, I've seen some where people will come in, they'll pick out their house, they'll start adding this and that, the right. pot filler, the things that really don't give value to a home. And then all of a sudden they find out, oh my gosh, my loan is not going to go through right. because um, I've got, you know, I'm going to owe more money than, than what the uh, lender thinks that it's worth. Right. So, so what are the things that you think add the most value to the home if you are uh, Great buying question. a new home? Yeah. So at, um, I'm going to answer that question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also show you why that doesn't happen at my company. Okay. So some of the things that add value are the most important thing are structural stuff. Right. Right. Um, an extended covered patio, an additional garage um, bay, eight-foot doors, double doors. Those are structural things that truly add value. So, for example, we don't collect er extra earnest money for those things because we know when we add those things, there's going to be value. There's going to be value in there. Um, other things that don't are some of the things that, that Steve just talked about, the real pretty things. Right. Those are wonderful, and those are, you, you know. They're the uh, nice to have. You're right. The Chip and Joanne stuff, those are really right. nice to have, but Chip they don't lap. really, they don't, yeah, That's Chip it. Lap, yeah. How many times <laughs> am I hearing Chip <laughs> Lap these days? Uh. Chip Lap does not offer, does not uh, increase the value of your home. So, so here's the thing. Some companies pay their sales professionals on the total price. Yes. Right. So do you think that salesperson wants you to spend more at the design center or do you think they want you or it, it doesn't matter? They want you to spend more at the design center because right. the more you do, the better the better it is in their pocketbook. Our sales professionals aren't that way. We don't they don't get it doesn't you can spend a dollar or fifty thousand dollars at the design center. They're not making a penny more. Gotcha. So because of that, it frees me to tell my clients, hey. If you get this, understand you're probably going to have to pay it out of pocket towards closing. Right. And it would get, and, and it keeps them, it, 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 it keeps me, um, it, it helps me to be responsible with my clients and be responsible for, for, for my company. So the client's getting what they want. And, and one of my favorite, you know, lines to this is like, you know what? You can do that after closing. You can do that after closing. Right. That's not, you, you know. Chandeliers, this and that, do do it after closing, because right. because we want to make sure that you get into the house and not have this beautiful house with all this stuff that you can't get into. Well, and do you want to be paying interest on a chandelier thirty years from now, <laughs> or a refrigerator, or a refrigerator? Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. Or right. a washer and dryer, or refrigerator. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Those. Those. Um, by the way, those. Those are things you definitely want to get after because, you know, and again, I'm Those free to count in Yeah. And I, I'm free to right. tell my, my clients this is, you know what, the prices that we have on these appliances, they're they're good. But um, we have the buying power of a billion dollar company. Best Buy has the buying power of an ultra billion dollar company. Right. So they get their refrigerators for a lot less. So, you you know, you can probably get a better deal at Best Buy afterwards and not pay for 30 years. Exactly right. Right. True. So... Since we're on the topic of new home sales, tell me about transactions with realtors versus transactions without realtors. Again, so I'm I'm uh, speaking from um, from the point of my company. Um, we actually teach our sales professionals that realtors are our clients. Right. Um, the person who's buying the home. Um, their you know, current average is one every seven to 10 years that right. they'll buy a new home. So the likelihood that that same person is going to buy another home for me, you know, it could happen, but the likelihood is not. 
But if we take care of their realtor, we do a good job for them. The likelihood of that realtor bringing me back another client, that's who my true client is. So um, a lot of times realtors feel like we're the enemies, you, you know, and, and, and here's, here's the reality. You want the best price for your client? I want to sell a home. Right. <laughs> you, you know, if I can get you that price, I'm absolutely going to get you that price. But we're actually on the same team because if my partner sells that home, I don't get a penny. You see, and, and I don't feel that way at all, um, that you guys are the enemies. And then also kind of going into another topic, I don't feel that way at all in a transaction with another realtor. I don't feel like we're enemies. I feel like we're working together for a common goal. Um, you know, Jean wanted to talk about negotiation today. And, um, you know, we're in a relationship business. Totally. We're 100% in the relationship of, or in the business of building relationships. And those relationships with other realtors are just as important. Yeah. I mean, odds are you burn that bridge, you have some horrible transaction with them. You might have to work with them again in the future at some point. You probably will. Right. You know, and. Well, I'd rather work with somebody who thinks win-win. Right. Like you, Aaron. 100%. Right? Like me, like right. John. Um, than win-lose. If I'm going to lose in a situation, then I'm probably not going to work with you again. 100%. Right? You know, and, and you get those clients sometimes that uh, they, don't, they don't realize that relationship. Right. They don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. They go, I need a bulldog who's going to go in there and just scrap and fight for me and this and that. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to fight for you. You're my client. Sure. I'm 100% going to fight for you. But at the same time, you also have to realize that in a negotiation, in a transaction like this, everybody has to feel like they win they something. something. And you, you know, we can go back to the, the transaction that we were just talking about as an example, the one with the pool that we're talking about today. And, you know, that buyer really did give us everything that we would have possibly, you know, wanted. Um, you know, they, they original offer didn't really have the earnest money that we were looking for. Mm. They increased it. Mm. Um, you know, we simply told them that, you know, we had a couple of people that had done second showings. There was some interest. I didn't have any other offers. He came back immediately with a full offer. You know, some, you know, little things like they had in, installed the pool. They were going to need a new survey. He was paying for the survey. I mean, this guy gave us absolutely everything that wow. we could have possibly wanted on this deal. Really with, with little negotiation on my part, it was just simply going, hey, look, you know, there is interest in this house. There have people, have been people that have looked at it a couple of times that are going to bring offers, you know. So he brought us everything that you can imagine. And then when we came down to, uh, after the inspection and we were talking about repairs, this house is in beautiful condition. It's a five-year-old house. Mm. It needed something like $200 worth of repairs. Oh. It's these little tiny things. I mean, the last one I did needed about 10000 and we went around and around and, you know, ended up going with a different house. Mm -hmm. But a couple hundred bucks. And then that's when my client kind of was like, well, you got to, we're not giving him anything. You got to get in there and fight, this and that. And I said, you know, it's a $330,000 deal. Yeah. They've given you everything that we could have possibly asked for in this deal. Yeah. Are you really going to blow this? Over two hundred dollars. Or a hundred, where you've met in the middle. Right. I mean, are we really going to worry about two hundred dollars yeah. in this situation? 
So, you know, finally they're like, oh, okay, well, I see what you mean. I'm like, you got to give this guy just a little bit of a taste of a victory. Yeah. Let him feel like he won that part. And yeah. so out of curiosity, how did you guys do that? Did you, did you give him a credit for $200 or did you fix it yourselves or? I have a, a handyman that does great work and okay. he's just going to come in and fix it before we close. Okay. Yeah. That, that's great. That was the and, easiest way to do it. And, and, and here's the thing going back to, to the relationship of a new home sales and a realtor. We understand that you guys have, clients like that. They want the bulldog. They want this. And, and you know what? It's kind of like the old Tom and Jerry cartoon where you go back in the room and, and, and someone's outside and it looks like, you know, Tom is just killing Jerry and doing this. And we'll, we'll do this, the song and dance. Right. You, you know, and, right. and if that's what's going to, because again, we want, if, if we're doing things right, if, if this is the first time that you have brought a client to me, that client doesn't need to know that. I mean, right. my job is to edify you and make you like, this is the best, the greatest. This could be your very first client. Right. But my job is to edify you and make you look like you know what you're doing. There, there's a lot of times where, you know, I've worked with, with, the, with the realtor uh, before. And, you know, before we even get started, I'll pull them over to the side. Or if they're really good, you know, they'll call ahead of time and let me know that they're coming out and say, listen, this is what we can get to. This is, this is going to be my starting point. But... But I just want to let you know what we can get to. Right. And so that you have the opportunity to beat me up to get there. You know, right. that, that's that's what our job is. And again, that's what it goes back to, um, to the relationship. So I know we kind of started off talking about, you know, um, appraisals and stuff. But, but um, you know, we, we really came back to it as far as it's all about the relationship, whether it's a relationship with your appraiser that's coming out, the relationship with the other agent, with the new sales professional, um, and with your client that helps sets, um, sets the tone for, for how successful you're going to be in this business. Very true. And, and you need to set expectations up front. Correct. You, know, you recognize the type of person you're dealing with. Aaron, in your situation, um, you know, I, I usually tell my sellers, listen, we're going to come back. They're going to come back with repair negotiation. Right. They're going to try to get some things done. Right. Um, you hope that they're not comparing it to a new home sale, right, versus a 5 or 10 or 20-year-old house. Uh, and ask for everything, but usually, I mean, I'll tell my, my sellers, listen, if it's, um, if it's just, if, if it's hundreds of dollars, then we're going to go ahead and do it. Right. If it's got a comma in it, then we the start working. If got a comma, yeah. then we're negotiating. Right. 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 So just be prepared for that up front. Absolutely. And set those expectations. So what are your, some, what are some of your negotiation tips for new realtors? Um, I, I mean, the biggest thing to me is one of the things we've touched on, right? And that is look for a win-win deal, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. You don't always, the person that's trying to beat the other person up, you may win in that yeah. situation, but the next time you have to deal with somebody, you're going to get a reputation. Your reputation is everything. Right. So if you look for something that, and you work on a win-win, then it's gonna, you're going to win. And usually, <laughs> I heard a, heard a comment said one time that, that somebody who says, uh, We'll meet in the middle. It's usually because they're already standing in the middle. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, you need to set that up in the, from the beginning. Is You want them to offer to meet in the middle. That's right. right. Yeah, that's, right. Well, that's one of the, let's say, and, uh, you know, this this is a fun conversation. We'll have to make a whole other podcast just for this. But, yeah, you know, exactly <laughs> what Steve was talking about. If, you know, you, you, you want to get them to offer to meet in the middle 
Because if you're $1,000 apart and they say 500 I mean, uh, if they say meet in the middle, you got to play dumb. Okay, so 1000 so meet in the middle. So so what you're saying is a real difference is 500 All right, let me take it back to my buyers and see if I can get 500 Go back. It's like, man, you know, I thought I can get them, but they said they'd meet you at 250 You, you know, so get yeah. them to offer to, yeah. to meet in the middle first if you can, you, you know. Then it becomes fun. <laughs> it is fun, but I, I think that when you're – when you're new, or at least when I was new, um, in the first couple of times you have to do it, you're nervous about it because, you know, you don't really know how much to say, what you can, what you can't say, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Sure. Once you've done it a few times, it, it's, it becomes kind of second nature. But I think that communication with that other agent, just open communication, just talk, just talk, you know, have the talk, have the conversation you know, we're not playing cards here. We're not trying to hide our cards and just, you know, yeah. let's just have a conversation about it and see what we're going to have to do to get this done. Great. Usually so, one of the first things I do is if I'm working with a buyer, I'll contact the other agent. Yeah. Just, sit, you know, tell them a little bit about my buyer. Yep. Um, nothing, you know, that personal, okay. but just kind of actually right. make it look like it's a person rather than a number. Exactly. Right. right? Yep. Exactly. So, so when I what I teach in new home sales, because obviously negotiation is very important um, um, for for the company, but it's also very important for the sales professional. For for the newer people, I said, look, there's three steps that you have to start off with, and if you're not doing, because most people want to jump to step number three, you're missing it. So the number one thing that you have to do is establish criteria. What does that mean? Even though you already know what they want, you have to get them to verbalize or write down what do they want, exactly what is it that they want. Because sometimes what they want will surprise you, like the example that you're giving of $200 in, in repairs. Maybe they were willing to meet in the middle, right? But, but we have to ask, when, they, when someone says something, we have to ask what is it that they really want. The second thing we have to do is get information, you know, going back to you know, middle school journalism, who, what, why, where, you know. Why is that important? Why is that important to you? Yeah, that's right. usually a question I ask. Exactly yeah. right. The, the second question. And is why? What do you want and why is that important? Exactly right. And people yeah. skip this so much because, again, going back to our other conversation, in my personality, I know why this would be important to me, so that must be why it's important It's important to them. It, no. If, no you, if you don't ask why, then how can you solve the problem because you don't truly understand. True. Right. And we make assumptions. It, all the time. All the time. And I think that's one of the worst things that can happen. Right. You yeah. know, you don't know where anybody is in their mind, whether it's that other agent or that other client or your client. You right. don't really know. Don't make the assumption. Have the conversation instead. Just make the phone call. There's no such thing as over-communicating in these deals. Right. Yeah. Just do it. Make the phone call. Talk it through. Exactly right. Don't be afraid to talk to that other agent. Just don't be afraid to talk. Don't be afraid to talk to anybody. Your client. I mean, you know, right. I mean, sometimes we're doing all the talking and not enough listening. We spoke on that earlier. Right. right. Um, I remember showing a house one time and walked in the door and I was like, oh my gosh, it's got green shag carpet. <laughs> and um, the cl- my client goes, oh my gosh, it's got green shag carpet. That's awesome. Right. And I was exactly. Like, yeah, well, that's what they were looking for. Yeah. yeah. You never know what somebody else is looking Number for. Number one mistake that, in, from my perspective, that new home sales professionals and realtors do is they let their opinion get in the way without asking yeah. somebody else. I remember yeah. when I was selling homes, 
Um, I remember uh, telling client, oh, you're going to love this kitchen. This Because it was a fabulous kitchen, right? And they didn't like it. And, right. and the thing is that I didn't understand enough about the client because, you know, they told me that they wanted an island kitchen. This was an island kitchen. But they wanted white cabinets, and I showed them dark cabinets. Yeah. You, you, you know, so how are they going to – and now my credibility is gone because I told them they were going to love it, and they didn't like it. Right. So, so understanding uh, – getting, getting all the information – you know, what they like, why they like it, why they want this, how much this, getting all the information leads you to step three, which is now reach for a compromise. Right. If you're reaching for a compromise, you don't really know what you're reaching for until you have established criteria and get as much information as possible. Excellent. Exactly. And that communication also, because I didn't know when I started out, talk to everybody. Hmm. Don't be afraid to talk to a lender. Don't be afraid to talk to a title company. Don't be afraid to talk to anybody. Don't be afraid to talk to the kids. Oh, yeah. Find out what the kids want. Find out the kids will tell you what mommy and daddy have been looking at. One of the things I love to do is, you know, mom and dad, they're they're playing poker from the moment that they've walked in, right? I'd go to the kids. Have you seen any other houses that you like? Yeah. It's like, now I know who my real competition is. Yeah. And now you know what to show them, too. Exactly right. Exactly. All right, well, we'll wrap this one up, too. We'll do this again soon. We appreciate it, guys. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the next episode of the WTRE Podcast. And please remember to rate us on iTunes if you like what you heard.